Hi, everybody. My name is Jimmy. I am an alcoholic. Can you hear me okay? You can. All right. Hey, it's an honor and a privilege yes. to be here at No Crosstalk, Jen. God darn it. We, you know, am I going to lay the ground rules down already? Does nobody pay attention? You know, you know better than that. 25-year cake, and she's already crosstalking. Hey, Hulk, nice job, brother. Fantastic. Congratulations on one year. Uh, and J Jen Brown also, she just celebrated 25 years. Congratulations. You did a fantastic job for 10 minutes. Hey, I I'm uh, uh, honored, and it's a privilege to be here. And uh, I, this is, I'll tell you folks right away. Oh, number one, uh-oh, Rich Crockett can't hear me. Can anybody else not hear me? Sound okay? No, it's, I, so. I can't hear you either. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think there's a little bit of an echo, uh -oh. but you seem, seem to be okay. It's just really low volume. Wow. Is there something I could click on that to fix that? Let's see. Hmm. Yeah. As I'm yelling. Yeah, I'm I think just go forward with it the best. Stay close. It's good. All right, I'm going to stay close. How's that? Is that any better? Yes. Well, first thing I should tell you folks, can you hear me, Paige? Hey, I didn't know wait, the first thing. Yes, you I can hear you. I can hear you. Cross talking again. You know, it's unbelievable. The guy invites me down and, he, you know, he wants to talk. <laughs> We can hear you. Oh, see, now it is. You know, the whole meeting is completely, we've already lost control. I'm only, you know, 60 seconds in here. It's unbelievable. So, hey, I'm not too cool to tell you folks. Number one, I didn't always look like a cop. No, this, this used to be a punk rock haircut. This was punk rock when I got it in 1979. I, I morphed into this look. I morphed into the the cop thing. This was a rebel haircut when I got it. And now I, you know, I've gotten so old. Believe it or not, I just turned 61. I got so old, I started to look like a military guy, right? Oh, I look like I've been in the military. Nope. No. I, I did a short tour in the Salvation Army. But that does not give me any, uh, I don't get any uh, benefits for that. No, it's no stolen valor. Hey, I love AA. I'm not too cool to tell you folks that uh, AA meetings and AA members turned my whole life around. When I was a young man, I love AA. I love what I get out of these groups, the love, the laughter, the plan for living, the camaraderie, the uh, everything we got going there. You know, there's nowhere else. I have never found it anywhere else on planet Earth. And not only that, I've never heard about it anywhere else on Earth. You know, what I get out of these AA meetings, I get something out of this hour at AA that I simply don't have the other 23 hours of the day. I get, I get reminded who I am and where I come from. I get reminded of this plan for living. I get, uh, I get to see the triumphs of the human spirit and uh, I get to see the agony of relapse and all that stuff. I get, you know, I just, I get confidence. I get uh, courage. And uh, I want to tell the new people, congratulations, and I will tell you, if you don't know this, but there are people around the world that are rooting for you. If you're one of these guys or girls new to AA and you don't want to drink and you don't want to use, there's people all over the planet that got your back. 
and they and they are rooting for you. They're in your corner, man. And let me tell you, it's a very powerful resource to have that because you know I I I feel like AA's had my back since I was a kid. AA's had my back because I'm not self-made. I don't have what it takes to have lived the life I've lived. I know where I got the power. You know, the book tells me lack of power was my dilemma. And uh, I got power as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, maybe I'll read you a little something in the book that talks about power and how we get power around here. And, uh, but I probably should tell you that I used to, not only did I not always look like this, I didn't always look like a cop. I was in. I was one of these guys that got sent to AA as a teenager. I was 16 years old. I had already been arrested 11 times, 11 times. And as you know, you kids, uh, you know, the cops pick you up when you're you know, drunk in the street and drinking, carrying booze and weed. They pick you up and most of the time they let you go. I've been picked up, you know, 25, 30 times. But I've also been arrested 11 times. And not criminal stuff like some of you guys. I'm looking around the room. You know, I see real felons in this group. Uh, but, uh, you know, no offense. I'm down with you guys now. The thing is, I would, you know, I, was, I got arrested for kid stuff. Possession and consumption of alcohol by a minor. Uh, disorderly conduct. Resisting arrest every time. I, didn't, I went down swinging and uh, urinating in public, all the classy things, right? <laughs> One of those urinating in public, I didn't even bother to get my fly down, just, you know, <laughs> too much work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm lucky to this day, I'm lucky I never had to register as a uh, sex offender because, you know, the cops, the cops wanted to get me even now, they, the cops don't want to get you for urinating in public. The cops always, they wanted to get me for indecent exposure. But luckily, I've got insufficient evidence. So they could never, they could never really, it wouldn't stick, so to speak. Hawk's laughing. He knows, he knows what it's like. I, I'm grateful for the little things too, Hawk. You know, I didn't have to, you know, I'm not on Megan's list or whatever it's called. Anyway, hey, I love Jen Brown, and uh, she's the best, man. She's my good Santa Barbara friend. I've only been here, I don't know, four years or so. I've been around the world. I'm a Malibu guy for a long time, and uh, I don't know if you can tell. I come from Pennsylvania. I got sent to AA in 1975 by the state of Pennsylvania juvenile court system. Some prick judge sent me to AA. I had to go to 16 meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous during the first eight weeks I was living in a place called the Coots Home for Wayward Boys. And again, not because I'm a criminal, I was just incorrigible. I was out of control. I didn't like school. I probably am not the only guy in this room that didn't like school. I used to leave school. I go up to school in the morning. You know, I like school, just not going into school. I like the parking lot. And I'd meet, you know, people into my friends in the parking lot and go to the girls and get a nickel dime quarter every, you know, from every chick trying to walk in the, into the doors. I'd hit them up for a nickel dime and a quarter and I'd leave, I'd leave the school grounds at 8.30 in the morning 
with $2.50 and go hang out behind a liquor store with a couple of my buddies. Some of my buddies were out of school, you know, and uh, we'd meet up, you know, sniffing glue and smoking weed and meeting behind the liquor store. You know, school was for squares. And uh, so I got in trouble. I got sent to them, sent away. I got, you know, I'm from a broken alcoholic home. I don't know if I mentioned that, but my mom couldn't control me. My alcoholic father left and uh, my brother and I, my mother had to work. She had never had a job in her life. So my mom had to go to work and I was just running the streets. I hated school and I was a truant long before I ever had my first drinking drug. But anyway, I'm hanging behind the liquor store and I, for $2, I'd have a guy get me a bottle for $1.80. I'd say, keep the change, man, because for $1.80, I'd get a bottle of Banana Red MD 2020. Does anybody know? You guys know what that is down there in Laguna Miguel. Mad Dog, MD2020. Oh, yeah. If those of you, I'm looking around the room, some of you don't know. If you don't know, MD2020 is actually a Schedule One hallucinogen that somehow made its way to the wine section of a liquor store back in the day. It, was, it made no sense. The stuff's never seen a grape. MD2020. Take you downtown fast. I was on the MD 2020 diet. Lose three days in one week. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fast drinker, a hard drinker. I'll just quickly tell you, I've been arrested in the snow. I'm from Pennsylvania. I've been arrested in the snow with no pants. I'm, no, I'm sorry, no shirt on. I had pants on. They were, they were wet, but I had pants on, uh, unlike tonight. Anyway, the, uh, you know, I've been arrested in the snow drunk with no shirt on sitting in the snow you know because i'm out of control i'm a i'm a i drink too much too fast if i can still get up i'm not that drunk and my real thing as a drinking kid was keg parties just like everyone in this room everyone in this room was you know, love those keg parties right you hear about them at somebody's house you know i hear about a keg party in my just Number one, I never had any money other than the change I bummed. So if I hear about a cake party in somebody's house, so-and-so's house, eight o'clock Friday night, I'd be there at 6.15 with a pitcher, you know, 6.15 ready to go. Still got a drinking problem. Anyway, I'd be there and I, I don't move. I get right to the keg and I don't move. I stay right there, plant myself in front of the keg and, I drink like somebody's trying to steal it from me. And then, it, this has happened for five years. For five years, when I was able to out and not in the boys' home, I'd be at you know, neighborhood parties. And I would be, oh, the big guys would see me coming, and the bigger, stronger, older guys would say, get him away from the keg. Because I don't share. My thing is, I don't share. I drink fast. I open my throat. And Pour them down. So I, you know, the big guys would shove me away from the keg and I'd have to resort to drink stealing. I'd be at the party stealing drinks, right? Any other drink stealers here at this room in Laguna Niguel? Any other people? Yeah. Yeah. Danny, you didn't have to raise your hand. Everybody in the room knows you're, this guy's a drink stealer. Look at that guy. Anyway, yeah, man. You know the trick, you know the trick, that's ah, an old dumb story. You know, I'd be drinking, I, you know, I'm blackout. I'm a, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a glue sniffer and a PCP smoker. I, 
I'd be blind drunk, man. I'd be cross-eyed drunk. I'd have that PCP glare, you know. Hey, look at that guy. And, uh, you know, I'd be up in the parties. I'd be stealing every cans and cups and bottles. I'd be grabbing anything I could get, open my throat and whooping them down. And, uh, you know, it was a danger with that. Every third, fourth one, you're, you know, cans, cups, bottles everywhere. Every third, you know, bottle you're taking. Boom, 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 boom. Cigarette butts. <laughs> yeah, man. They came out with them brown bottles. It's the risk you had to take. So I, uh, you know, you know, nothing cures that. You got to drink more faster. To get rid of that awful taste. Swallow right down, man. Anyway, people hate drink stealers. I wish I could tell you this isn't part of my story. But I've been beat up. People hate drink stealers. I've been caught. I've been beat up so many times by little dudes and chicks and uh, because people hate drink stealers. And I don't know if you've caught on, but unlike most speakers, you know, that had all this potential, most speakers I've ever heard in AA, they were athletes in high school, they were academics, good families, went to college, had all this potential artists, guitar players, you know, all this potential that we hear how alcoholism and drug addiction takes them down. <laughs> Clearly, as you get the gist, that's not my story. My story is for all those who showed no promise in anything. <laughs> I got nothing going, man. I can't. I'm tall, but I can't jump. I'm not good at sports. I'm not smart. I read at about a fifth grade level. I'm not, you don't want me on your bowling team. I don't know how to fish. I can't fix nothing. Can't play the guitar. I wanted to be a rock star, but look at me. I look like a cop. I didn't, you know, I know what's going to happen. And uh, so I showed no promise in anything but like burglary. So I'm living in the coot's home for wayward boys, and I got sent to AA. I had to go to 16 meetings. And I noticed in AA something that I never found anywhere else in my life at any time before, and I haven't found it anywhere since. Unlike the Scared Straight program, where I had been sent in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, I had been had, you know, inmates screaming at me. I went in there with a group of kids twice, having them scream at me. And it never inspired me to want to clean up my life. You know, tough love does not work for this particular alcoholic. What I noticed the difference right away. And I got sent to AA, and the old guys in AA were very kind to me. They were kind and welcoming. And I don't care. No one can tell me different. That was December of 1975. I was 16 years old. No one can tell me different. Kindness is the language of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was that way in 1975, and I'm sure it was that way, that way in 65, 55, 45, and 35, and it damn well better be that way at any meeting I am a member of or go to in 2020, that kindness is the language of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's what we're really doing out around here. We're supporting each other on this plan for living, no matter how bad we're you know, bouncing along, trying to figure out, trying to get it right. We got a plan for living, and we're, we uh, we got a camaraderie and a love and a fellowship that uh, I don't know how to put a price tag on. I wouldn't give my seat up in AA 
for anyone or anything. Those old guys in AA were very kind and loving and welcoming. They never called me too young. They never called me a drug addict. They said, they said, you know, they gave me rides. They gave me call, jacking me up full of free AA coffee. I didn't drink coffee. I'm all jacked up on the AA coffee. They gave me cigarettes. They gave me two or three cigarettes for the road. And these were kind, loving guys. In fact, these old guys used to say to me, kid, you don't know how lucky you are to know about this AA. And I say it now. I say it now to new people. You have no idea how lucky you are to know about this AA and to be involved in AA. These old guys would say, I wish I knew about AA when I was 16. Just like you, I was qualified. I could have saved myself a lot of trouble. The old guys would say, yeah, you know, I went to prison for nine years. I wouldn't have lost my family if, it, if I'd have known about AA. You know, this is what the old guys would say to me. They even said, kid, you stick around this AA, you can't imagine how good your life will go. You can't imagine how good your life will be you stick in this AA. And I remember thinking, no chance. You don't even know me. These old guys, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old, whatever they were, old guys saying to me, you know, you're, you're going to have a great life. You stick in this AA. I remember thinking, you don't even know me. How can you say that? I'm a loser, man. I'm a loser. You know, I may be shucking and jiving here and looking like I'm trying to get it together with my PCP glare, but I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I had the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything I touched turned to crap. Never followed through on anything. Everything I touched turned to crap and bad things happened around me. I, I turned my best friend on to, you know, he was a year older than me. He was a good kid. He was a drinker like everybody. We were all drinkers. He wasn't a drug user like me. I turned him on to Angel Dust, the PCP. He went and walked in front of the Metro Liner. The high-speed train from D.C. To, Philip, to through Philadelphia into New York. My friend, you know, my friend is dead. My friend's been dead since I was 15 years old. And uh, I knew because I'm a jinx, because I'm a loser, because bad stuff happens to me. And uh, bad stuff happened. And you see, now I know, you know, those old guys said you stick around AA, you can't imagine how good your life will go. Now I know. You see, I was the first one in my neighborhood of six guys. There were six of us. I was the first one sent to AA. My best friend died after walking in front of the Metro Liner. My next door neighbor died. I was three weeks clean and sober. He died of a heroin overdose. He was, he was 18. And, uh, you know, I had two friends die. None of my friends lived to be 30 years old. None of my friends lived to be 30. Now I know they died of Car crashes, two friends crashed cars on the same street within a year of each other on the same street, dead. 100 miles an hour and a 30 mile an hour speed limit. And my life went different. Now I know those guys in AA, it's like they were looking in a crystal ball. They knew the future. I stuck around AA and they were right. None of my friends lived to be 30. And I have been around the world. My sobriety day, I've been around the world. I've been a business owner. I've been a homeowner. I've had more friends than I can keep in touch with. I have a plan for living more support than I could ever take advantage of. My sobriety date is May 10, 1977. I was 17 years old last May. A few months ago, I celebrated 43 years clean and sober. 
And I'm telling you right now, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to have lived this life. I've been a business owner since I was in my 20s. I've been a homeowner since I was in my 20s. I've been around the world. I own property around the world now. I have friends and on the island of Bali where I lived for 20 years. I have a, a penthouse in, in Thailand. I have a, I have a, you know, I have a home in Santa Barbara, Malibu, California. I got, but let me tell you, that's not about what it's about. I'm telling you that these guys know when people tell you, you don't know what's on offer in AA until you do it. You don't, you can't imagine how your life is going to go until you do it. It means not about material things and property. It's not what it means. It's about what we get in AA. It's about a calm heart, a calm, a quiet mind and a calm, loving heart about all the friends and support and love. I've seen people in AA get their families back. I've seen countless, I've known countless single mothers in AA who lost their kids Every single one, 100%, you stay sober in AA, they get those kids back. I haven't seen one yet. I haven't, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me, oh, I never got my kids back. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You stay sober in AA, you get your kids back every time. I've seen it every time. People get their kids back. People get careers. People get a calm and quiet, peaceful heart. They get, a, a, they get happily useful whole lives and uh how do you put a price tag on that you know the human experience it just doesn't get any better than what we get in alcoholics anonymous friends that love us around the world friends that have our back around the world a proven plan for living very simple plan very simple plan and uh you know some do it better than others some you know uh talk about it better than others. I will tell you my experience real quick. I don't, when I talk, I don't go all into the book and I don't go all into my relationship with God and, and the steps. I let, I leave that for the experts. I'm one of the guys I've done the work. It's important work. I continue to do the work, but I tell you how, I, what makes has made the biggest profound impact in my life. I've needed living, breathing examples. I can work that I can read that book till I'm blue in the face. It's a tremendous book. Some books that help me more than any other book in the world. I can read it till I'm blue in the face. I can pray to God till I'm blue in the face. And some days, that's not enough. Some days, I don't get nothing out of that. I pray, I feel nothing. I read the book, it's like, okay, I've read it 50 times. Some days, it's not enough. I mean, some days, it's, you know, woo, the light bulb time. But other days, it's not enough. The one thing that has remained constant in my sobriety is that if I don't surround myself with other brothers and sisters on this path, other dudes and chicks that are not drinking, not using, and following the plan for living in Alcoholics Anonymous, if they're not surrounding me in my life, I got nothing. The book alone is not enough. God alone is not enough. The steps alone are not enough. I need all that, but I need living, breathing examples, and I've gotten it. As a member of AA, I go to AA meetings and I see my friends. I get reminded who I am and where I come from. I get reminded of the plan for living from all the other people, all the collective wisdom, the way this guy works it. I listen to his interpretation and I think, damn, that's pretty good. That sounds like that'll work. And then I hear another chick and she talks how, you know, she went out and lived, you know, her day following the program. And I think, yeah, that, that, that might work. 
because frankly, without these, you know, on my own, I don't have a good plan. I got to hear from others. I got to hear how other people are doing it. No one talks about it better than my friend Carl M. from Covina. He talks about, you know, it's like the football analogy. And, and, and in football, you know, they huddle up and they, they make a play. They talk about what they're going to do. They're going to say, you go left, you go long, and you turn right. And they, they huddle up and they make a play. And then they go break and they run out and run the play. Then they come back and report on how the play went. You know, they run another play. They say, yeah, you were open, so you go long. Well, in AA, that's what we're doing in the meetings. We meet an hour a day. We huddle up and we talk about the plan for living. And then we break. And then we run out and run our plan. We come back the next day. Hey, how'd you do it? How'd your day go? How'd you stay sober? What worked? How, what tool of AA did you use? And then, of course, we hear lots of tools of, that they forgot to use. <laughs> you know, I'm the famous guy for that shit. I can't wait. I can't go to meetings at night because I'll screw my whole day up. If I don't start in the morning with a meeting, I'll forget the plan. I'm a morning AA guy. I go to meetings 9 a.m start my day right anyway anyway i've ruined a perfectly good meeting what time is it hold on i'm gonna what time am i done 10 10 15 what time am i stopping don't cross talk none of you all right usually all right. stop around um eight eight fifty <laughs> you have 20 more minutes to ruin <laughs> that's it that's it I'm, I'm done. This is it. I, I have just, I've had enough of this group. <laughs> no, I love this group. I, 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 I'm a big fan of Hedges. I know that, you know, you got some solid, solid sobriety down there. Hey, I'm going to tell you guys, before I tell you, you know, I, I was already bragging about all my materialism that means nothing. I'm already so old, I can't even enjoy it. But anyway, listen to me. I was five years sober. I had never had a thousand dollars in my life. I didn't quit. You know, they say don't quit 15 minutes before the miracle. I was five years sober, 23 years old. Having come from, I, I moved out from Pennsylvania. I got courage as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous after someone showed interest in my case. A man in AA saved my life. He pulled me out of that coot's home. He took me to AA meetings. He got me a job at Sears. I made $2.30 an hour. He read the big book to me because I couldn't read. And this guy pulled me out of scrapes. He even got me a driver's license because he knew people in the state to get me a driver's license. I wasn't supposed to get one until I was 21 because of an arrest in a stolen car. I was totally innocent, just a passenger. Anyway, uh, this guy, you know, like many of us in this room tonight, someone showed interest in our case. And that's the truth. You know, if it wasn't for certain people, a lot of us wouldn't be here. This guy showed interest in my case and I got courage. And I thought I had $600 from working in Sears. I thought maybe if I don't drink and I don't use, maybe there's AA meetings in California where the sun and the surf and the chips are, maybe I can stay sober, maybe there's hope for me yet. You see, I didn't know that at the time. You know, life is hard. When you like, you gotta live life going forward when you don't know anything. But looking back, I look back and I realize I must have thought AA's got my back. I must, because I can tell you, I've never been anywhere as a drinker and a user. I've been arrested 11 times. I can show you on a map 
all within the same four square blocks of where I grew up. I'd never been anywhere. But as a member of AA, I got power and courage. And I came to California with $600 and I, you know, met other brothers and sisters at, over there at Ohio Street. I was one of those, you know, 19, 18, 19, 20 year olds. For years, I was at Ohio Street till the mid 80s. But anyway, what I started, what I got the job. So I'll, I'll brush right through that. I was five years sober, never had a thousand bucks, had no skills, never went to college. I didn't know how to study. I worked, I, you know, I worked at jobs and got fired from jobs. And, you know, I tried to be a salesman, fired it, you know, couldn't sell. And I was at the jumping off point living in Hollywood between, you know, on a street called Formosa at Fountain, which is basically Sunset La Brea. I was at a $250 a month apartment in 1983. And uh, there was no furniture. I couldn't pay the rent. And uh, I was at the jumping off point. But you see, I was an AA member. I went to AA seven nights a week because that's where my friends were. And that's what I did. And I went to AA every night. I was a cleanup guy and I was a literature guy and I was a greeter guy and I was always at the AA meetings. I could go right down the list. I went to Monday night Kelton, Tuesday night two plus two, Wednesday night Ohio. I used to sneak into the, we had to sneak into the Pacific group because we weren't dressed properly. And uh, Thursday night I was at the Gong Show in, in Ohio Street. Friday night Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills where I met my friends. Then I went Saturday night to back to Ohio Street, and then we went to the sober dances. I know you got sober dances down there in Laguna, right? Back before we all got locked up, we uh, used to go to sober dances. Danny Ray, when you finish chewing that, you ever been to a sober dance? All right. So you, you can tell some of the others, if you haven't been to a sober dance, Danny Ray will tell you. It's a whole new bottom. You hit in sobriety. It's a Oh, man, it's a level of lame I never knew existed until I got to some church basement on a Saturday night with a bunch of sober white people. Oh, man, it was kind of like a cerebral palsy uh, convention. That was just awful. Anyway, so, uh, but I went to all of them, and that's where I honed my moves. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, so I'm broke, living in Hollywood, never had nothing. Never had a 1000 bucks. had $500 here, 300 there. Yeah, two had a motorcycle with no plates. I would race around town. Never had a motorcycle license. Anyway, so uh, anyway, I'm in Hollywood, but I, I was an AA guy, and I had two newcomers on my floor. They were on my floor. I was on the floor too, but I was in the bedroom because it was my place. So the two guys, I just saw one of them yesterday. No, Friday. He's 39 years sober. My, one of my friends, Roy Tate, and uh, there were two of them on my floor. And because uh, I'm an AA guy, we, you know, we got a, we put them on the floor when we got a little place. And uh, I couldn't pay the rent. And, and I was getting ready. My plan was, I told these guys, I said, I need a job. They said, Jimmy, we can get you a job. I know a guy out in North Hollywood that does the hiring. He's an AA and he'll do, he'll hire you. At this company, they got 120 salesmen, and about 10 of them are in AA. I said, really? He said, yeah, it's straight commission. I said, straight commission? I'm going to fail. Straight commission? i got to pay them rent. What am I going to do? They said, no, no. They'll give you two week, $200 a week training for two weeks. And I said, wait, I got a pencil. 
I said, that's $400. And uh, yeah, man, because my plan was, I thought, I needed the 400, but I thought I'm going to fail at that. I, my real plan, I was going to put my, I was thinking I was going to put on a dress and walk down to Santa Monica Boulevard to sort of figure out how to earn a living. Now, listen, don't get weird or offended. I don't roll that way. That's not my thing. But, you know, $20 is $20. So, uh, yeah, I learned from my friend Joey Church sitting over there that, in sobriety, I learned, you know, late years later, some of my other AA friends, I learned you don't even really need a dress. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, where was I? Hey, I took the sales job. The AA guy hired me. How much time I got? I got five minutes. The AA guy hired me. And you know what? This neurotic, manic motor mouth of mine was salesman of the year. The people couldn't say no. I wouldn't let them say no. I wore them out. If a customer came in, they were going to get sold. And it was a tool company. I was selling tools. And they got, I don't know, I can't even screw in a light bulb. But I sold everybody. I wore people out. If they had no chance. Just like, where are we? Laguna Niguel? I'm Just like I'm wearing you people out tonight. I wore the, everybody out at that sales. At that Everybody. They all... And I was salesman of the year. I had a six-foot trophy. I was so proud of that. I started making a lot of money. And then I quit the company because I'm a terrible employee. But I learned. And my AA guys taught me. I learned. And I saved my money. And I started my own company. I sold rock and roll stickers and pins and posters. I had a company in the 80s called Rock Bottom Imports. We did trade shows. I sold stickers, pins, posters, rock and roll flags and medallions, all this rock and roll stuff. It was called Rock Bottom Import. Anyway, listen, I, I tell you these dumb stories because I was, I can show you the lines between my AA membership opened up everything in my life. Because of brothers and sisters in AA, I was able to figure out and, and I got a life. And uh, at five years sober, I didn't quit 15 minutes before the miracle. At five years sober, I never had nothing. At six and a half years sober, I bought a house in Studio City up in Coldwater and Mulholland for, for uh, $105,000. And in no time, working my company, hiring AA guys. We had salesmen all across the country. And uh, anyway, that house went to $660,000. I bought a house in Malibu. I still own it today, almost 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, I never looked back. I've had a great life. And, there's nothing about me that's self-made. Nothing. Nothing. I'm a member of AA. AA helped me. AA members taught me how to buy the house. AA members helped me fix up my house. AA members kept me close to this plan for living. I stayed active in Alcoholics Anonymous. I owe Alcoholics Anonymous. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. This is where my people are. I meet a, I meet a hundred people out in the real world. I'm lucky if I can stomach uh, three or four of them. I'm not a people person, except around my AA brothers and sisters. I meet 100 people in AA. I love 20 of them. They're like my brothers and sisters because we got something here that I haven't found anywhere else on the planet Earth. And I'll talk about a couple things in Alcoholics Anonymous and I'll shut up. I got a couple minutes left. I think I got three minutes. I will tell you that 
Bill Wilson figured out something I figured out. He wrote it at 13 years sober, not when he was new in the big book, but when he was writing 12 or 15 years later, writing the 12 and 12, he wrote nothing short of continuous action as a way of life brings the much desired result. To me, that's a, that's a, that's a statement that takes some time to figure it out. You can't learn that in the first week or month or year that, you know, nothing works but continuous action. What that means to me is, you know, hey, I can stay sober on one meeting a week, two meetings a week. You know, I can stay sober. I have, I have some uh, experience now. I got comfortable in my own skin. I'm very comfortable now having not had a drink all these years. I know how to stay sober. But if I want to live the much desired result, if I'm backing away from Alcoholics Anonymous, not active, not in the, in the mix with commitments and sponsees, if I'm not doing the deal, it's, I'm not going to get the desired result. And we all know that. I think Bill Wilson figured that out. And it, it, it's, not, it's not a dictatorial statement. It's a statement of experience of trial and error. I've gotten so busy in my life from so much good fortune in alcoholics and others that I get too busy to go to AA. And when I get too busy to go to AA, I suffer. I don't get the much desired result. Anyway, but when I am active, I got the much desired result for me is happy, joyous, and free most moments of most days, soaring sobriety, where I am absolutely thrilled that I'm still a member of this thing that has saved my life, turned my life around, dodged a bullet in my life, given me all this love and friends around the planet. It's spectacular. I, I feel like, you know, we in AA, we live lives of rock stars because we go to any town in the world, we walk into a room, people are happy to see us. Then the next day we're in the supermarket, we see somebody that was told me, like, hey, hey, good to see you, man. It's the lots, rock stars don't even have it this good. Because they're, you know, they can't go out, they get mobbed. You know, I get mobbed once in a while, but that's just, you know, that's just, it depends certain neighborhoods, you know, around Santa Monica Boulevard. Right, Joey Church? Anyway, I'm about out of time. I think they're going to get the hook out on me. I want to tell you, let's just, God, I saw the funniest meme. It said, the guy, it had a picture of a guy, and he's, and the buzzer goes off. It's me sharing, and the buzzer go off. And he goes, oh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Anyway, I may be out of time, but I'm not going to stop. I'll just tell you this. I'm married. I, I'm, I'm 61. I'm married 20 years. I'm married 20 years. Can you believe it? And I'm not relationship material. I got a beautiful young wife. I'll end with this. I've never been to college. I'm not smart. I'm immature. I'm insecure. I'm overly emotional. But I got the Alcoholics Anonymous plan for living that has always kept me in check. My 18-year-old daughter, and I have a 16-year-old son, I found his vape pen tonight, <laughs> because that's normal. But my 18-year-old daughter, what are you gonna do? My 18-year-old daughter, first one in my family, my wife's family, including my brother's family, first one to go to college. My daughter's at a you know, part, partial scholarship. She's at a division one, school in Baylor at Baylor University in Texas and my kids in college man and let me tell you that is all due to Alcoholics Anonymous because I don't have what it takes I didn't know anything by the time she was in third grade I couldn't help her with her homework 
my, my, some of my AA sisters helped her. Anyway, I don't know what else to say. Don't give up. I wouldn't give up my seat in AA for anyone or anything. I love you folks in Orange County. It's the best show in town. Never give up your seat in AA. There's power here. I was going to read something, but I don't have time. There's a guy who writes in the back of the book, power to stay sober, power to stay sane, power to help others. That's what's up. That's what's going on in Alcoholics Anonymous. We're not powerless. The book says we were powerless. That's what it says. We admitted we were powerless, that our lives had become unmanageable. We're not powerless. Look at all the power we got. We got this plan for living. We got each other. It's a power that I, you know, it's a power greater than myself. I'll tell you that. Thank you so much for putting up with me. And uh, I love you all folks. So thanks, Pej and Lisa and Terry and Tara. I can't even remember. So I don't remember who called me, but uh, thanks for putting up with me. Thank you. Bye-bye.